you have to be willing to take the hard gut punch if they say no at first, because it's not always no. It's no for right then or no for right now. It's maybe down the road. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Calling all women who love their ride. I would like to introduce you to a one-of-a-kind women's motor fest. You will not want to miss this sisterhood celebration of women-owned whips, cars, trucks, motorcycles, ATVs. If it has a motor, it belongs. Ladies, this is our motor fest. Boys are welcome to attend but the spotlight will be owned by the women in their whips. Check out all the details by visiting womensmotorfest.com. Jane Thurman is in the driver's seat today. Jane is a real estate advisor, podcast host, writer, teacher, businesswoman, and race car driver. At the age of 49, she got into motorsports and started racing autocross, road course, and time attack. Jane was the first Corvette driver to be invited to participate in the Super Chevy Muscle Car Challenge. Since she started, she has been consistently placed on the podium in different racing events. Jane hopes to encourage women to step out of their comfort zone and realize that the greatest part of life could just be starting at 50. Now let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B, and I have Jane Thurmond in the driver's seat today. How are you doing today, Fastlane Jane? Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to be here, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait. I'm excited for you to be here. We had a great conversation, a great pre-interview, and something that typically lasts about 30 minutes. We had a great conversation. It ended up lasting a lot longer. We learned a lot more about each other, particularly on the business side, and we may dabble in a little bit of that. But to stay true with the Femcanic Garage podcast, I guess, flow or process, and what fascinates me so much about so many women is their journey. And you are no different that you have a unique journey. So what I love to ask women is, did you always know that you were going to be in the automotive industry since you're a little girl? No, not at all. I uh, thought I was going to be an architect when I grew up. Me too. And it, you know, life just shifted, but I always loved cars. So, you know, I imagine it was destiny. At least that's how I met my husband cars. There you go. Cars. Now, let me ask this. At what point in your life did the switch happen? Because like I said, you started off, you're like, "Ah, I'm going to be an architect when I grow up. Where did your career start? And when I say career, not necessarily automotive or motorsports, but were you always in the industry? Well, that's a great question. 
we have an automotive business that my husband has always run. The most I did for a long period of time would be handle taxes and the books and that sort of thing. But that was his venture and adventure. He is an amazing car builder and that was his calling. And I kept a hand in it because I love cars. And that's really what started our relationship was our mutual admiration for vehicles and understanding that's not everybody. So if one person in a relationship doesn't understand a passion for vehicles or motorsports or racing or anything like that, it doesn't make the easiest relationship. I don't believe, I mean, it could, but in my experience, you know, I was interested in all things motorsports that he was doing. And ultimately for me, my personal career started almost a decade ago. Now, prior to a decade ago, what were you doing? Oh, I've done a lot of stuff (laughs) from never finishing college to moving into fitness and um, teaching, if you will. I started with teaching aerobics. Uh, Yeehaw for all of those step aerobics people out there. Still my favorite thing to do and teach. You said yeehaw. (laughs) Yeehaw. Yes. I freaking loved fitness, man. I love teaching from an aspect of it's one thing to show somebody how to move their body and, and they do it. There's something very different than communicating and watching them getting kinesthetic awareness. They're understanding their physiology and their biomechanics of their body. So I go in deep when it comes to teaching and I wanted to open a gym, but it just wasn't in the cards for us. So I, actually moved into real estate. I had an opportunity to... Wait, can I ask a question real quick? Sure. This is out of pure curiosity. So when I hear you say step aerobics, like that was uber popular in, I would say like (laughs) the 80s, would you say? 80s and 90s. It was mostly the 90s. Yeah. 80s and 90s. Yeah. Okay. 90s. Okay. I was a little off because I'm thinking like Jane Fonda, right? She was a little bit before... I started teaching. So she would have been like 80s then. Yes, definitely. Like, let's get physical. Oh, right? yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is maybe late 80s, 90s. Yes. So I have this visual and I want you to correct me and call me out because I create these visuals in my mind and I imagine the listeners do as well. Right. And when I think of step aerobics, I think of the Jane Fonda music video. Okay. Is that what you were rolling with? Well, it's embarrassing to say that, yes, we were wearing, you know, thong leotards over shiny (laughs) spandex shorts. Yes. Yeah. And we had high top Reeboks. And yeah, you know, I actually had a friend that started teaching at one of the fitness facilities that I taught at later that when she was teaching, she was wearing high heels and leg warmers. I'm like, sister, I never had to do that. But the whole- Go ahead. I want to qualify this. I'm not minimizing the impact of step aerobics. Oh, God. It's amazing. It really is. Yes, it is. It's just like when I think about those visuals from, you know, decades ago. Right. And I'm 43 years old, so I remember those things, right? I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, my God, that would be so awesome if you did that. (laughs) And if you're going to do it, go all out. Yes. 
absolutely. And it sounds like you went all out. Well, see, and I came from, so I started my journey running and then I met a friend who I am still friends with in junior college and she was an aerobics instructor and I was completely enamored with her. I I mean, I'm still enamored with her. We both have a mutual love for one another. Obviously we've been friends for 40 years, but I started taking her high impact aerobics class. And let me tell you something, sister, that is a hell of a workout. And she used to compete in the Reebok aerobics championships. And she was a highly sought after, you know, fitness model. And, and I just wanted to be like her when I grew up, you know, moreover than anything, I, I did get into teaching, but step was my thing. I taught high, low, I taught high step was my favorite boy. We even had slide, which was, I got to tell you, that is a, a challenging class, but you know, We're not here to talk about that, I don't think. No, but here's the thing. It does prepare you for racing. And that's the (laughs) thing, Jane. And that's the thing about tying all of this together. Because one thing that I notice about younger women is the frustration, right? And I went through it as well. We go through this thing because we live in an era of instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And really, the secret sauce in all of this is life experiences woven together to ultimately get you to an end result that you may not even know what that end result's going to be yet. But it's about surrendering and saying yes to the things that feel right to you in the moment. And this is why it, it all ties together. And this is why I spend time in these little pockets of people's lives. Because you kind of gave the punchline there, right? When you talk about motorsports, there's a reason why they're athletes. Absolutely right. Right? It's not people just getting in a car and you drink beer and eat fried food all the time and that makes you the greatest driver on earth. It's not like that. I've interviewed Megan Meyer and she's a multinational champion for top alcohol drag racing. She works out regularly. The G-forces and the different things that's needed takes athleticism, takes hand-eye coordination, it takes fitness. And here, you are priming yourself and educating yourself around those things for something that was in your future that you didn't even know was going to be there yet. Having a clue. Right? Yeah. And I think the big thing that I take from this, Jane, is that when you decide to do something... You don't halfway do it. That's correct. If you're going to do it, do it well. And see, these are the themes that are so important for the listeners to start to tie together because it's all relevant. And there's those moments in our life that we get so frustrated, like, what am I doing? I feel lost, but I'm doing this thing. And sometimes it's about faith, pure faith and trust and going with it and know that the universe has your back and it's all going to work out, but go with it. And that's exactly what you did. Yeah. That's exactly what you did. So it is relevant and it's also fascinating. Yeah. So here you go. You do that for how many years, roughly? It was about 15 years. A long time. Yeah. What was that point where you're like, okay, my time here is done. Now it's time for something else. Well, it really had to do with the discussion, we owned the automotive business and then having a discussion with my husband saying, I, I want to own a gym. And it just wasn't the right time because I had 
at this point, three children at home, two under the age of five, and then one who was embarking on becoming a teenager. And I think that it's okay because there's a lot as an entrepreneur in my own life, I know what time and dedication is required, whether it's in fitness to be successful, because I not only taught aerobics, I moved within that to become a personal trainer and a very successful personal trainer, and then to become fitness director at our local Gold's Gym. And those for me were really high achievements. So obviously the next step was, can we own a facility? It just wasn't in the cards. I had a friend of mine who was looking for an assistant in real estate. And I said, I'll keep my ears parked for you. A few weeks later, he asked, did you ever find anybody? I said, no. I said, are you still looking? He says, yeah, why don't you try it? Come out with me and see what you think. Long story short, I became very successful in real estate and became a mentor within our office, which ultimately found me teaching once again. At first glance, it didn't make sense, or I don't even think I was cognizant of it that I was doing this. I'm a little controlling. I love being able to share with people how to do things the right way within real estate. And I learned a lot about myself there. And I still have my real estate license. I just closed a couple properties within the last week and still love it. Still love being able to help educate buyers and sellers. I mean, I think really the bottom line for me is that I love educating and sharing. Not that I'm creating some curriculum for people, but I'm sharing my experiences, how they affected me, how I can apply them to real life situations. Then we get into my motorsports career and how that ultimately turned into an actual bona fide paid professional teaching gig. <laughs> so, and there's a common theme with everything that you're doing teaching. Yes, I like to teach. Teaching. <laughs> yes. Right? Definitely. And that's where, again, I'm going to kind of reiterate it. That's why understanding the full journey is so important because success leaves clues. Yeah. Right. And that's the key to all of this is that when I talk to women, so many of them are like, I don't know what I want to do. I feel like I have more to give. I'm just not sure what or where or what to do. And I'm like, you actually already know. The question is, are you paying attention and listening? Amen. That's the real question. And it's easy to sit back now and say, oh, wow, I was in the fitness industry. I loved teaching. That was my jam, right? Mm -hmm. I was in real estate, got good at it. And then I loved teaching other people and bringing people along with me. And I'm guessing, I'm just guessing that when you made the jump to motorsports, a similar thing happened. Yes, I had my own learning curve the first couple of years and craziest thing happened. I started journaling and writing a blog about what I noticed happening within my own person, understanding how to sit at a staging light and not hyperventilate to the point where you're going to pass out, rather being very calm and um, doing something what they call tree the light um, or tree your partner or the person you're competing against where your reaction time is so quick that 
by thousands, they're left in the dust. But, you know, just crazy how witnessing this at close to 50 years old was surreal and having the wherewithal to really pay attention and connect with it. The whole racing gig started because my kids were getting older and I prided myself on being that kind of like the Kool-Aid mom. I don't know if you're too young to understand that reference, but just being that mom where the kids brought their friends home, where we engaged and I wanted to stay relevant. And how could I do that? Oh, this little gig of throwing cars around. So, and then it turned into teaching other women how these experiences affected me and see if they applied. And then being next to them in the passenger seat and obviously teaching them what they could do with their body and what they could do with timing and understanding from a physiological and biomechanical standpoint from past education and applying it in the vehicle and understanding how to connect with them because sales, you kind of have to connect with someone. And yeah, I'm selling them on a bill of goods that they might not actually want to purchase, but I can guarantee you that every woman that got out of the car after having been with me, their game improved. And you know, there's nothing more beautiful than seeing the women that you worked with feeling successful and then ultimately becoming your competition and then surpassing you and kicking your ass. You know, I mean, there's that. That's the mark of a great mentor. Yeah. When you can teach someone to basically surpass your own accomplishments. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for people to understand. When you look at the best coaches and teachers in the entire world, the highest percentage of those coaches, teachers, mentors, never achieved the level of success of many of the people that they coached or taught. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at sports. There's a good example of it, right? Yes. How many Hall of Fame coaches never achieved the same success as, you know, like LeBron James? Fill in the blank, right? Right. But being able to coach and take those people who have just some God-given talents to that next level. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Yeah. It's pretty, I have to say it's, I wish I could tell you the feeling that I have, like is tangible, that feeling it's surreal, but it's exciting. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work with people that are ready. Not everybody's ready. The student comes when they're ready. Right. And obviously I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher and a leader. (laughs) So, and by that, I mean, leading the way to, from what's new to what's next, right? Yes. And experiencing and saying, come on guys, let's rally, let's go. You know, I found that even teaching here, I was a California girl asking the folks at Bridgestone Winter Drive in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Hey, here's my pedigree. Here's my CV. This is what I can do. This is what I've done. You should hire me to teach people how to drive on ice and snow. I mean, that's ludicrous, isn't it? It is kind of funny. (laughs) It's kind of funny. You know, how much time have you spent in the snow? None. But to my defense or to kind of further that, I've certainly slid a truck around off road 
three years. So I, I think that helped a little bit too. Same physics principles to it. Yes. It's mass management through physics, ma'am. That is all it is. Yes. Regardless of what surface you're on. Yep. It's like a riddle. You just got to figure it out. That's right. Yeah. And practice it yeah. just like anything else. Practice it. Yeah. Definitely. Now, I'm a little curious, Jane. How did you actually get into it? And when I say it, I mean motorsports. Well, so we build specifically our automotive business. They're called Restomod Corvettes. My husband is a Corvette specialist. He's nationally acclaimed for what he's done, he's internationally known. And it was our chassis builder at the time who said, Hey, I'm going to do this event run to the coast. It's at El Toro. Why don't you guys bring your Corvette and come check it out? This was an event put on by Bill Howell and Brian Finch, great people who I later actually wound up teaching with them and BFG. But it was a great event. I had no idea what I was doing. It was just a fun place to go drive a car and and see what's what and do donuts and not get a ticket yeah. kind of thing. You know? <laughs> oh, heck, I can do a burnout. And so it was actually our chassis builder. At the event, somebody let us know about the fact that Good Guys was putting on these autocross events at their hat rod, you know, their rod and custom show. And this one that was coming up was in Del Mar, California, which is spectacular. It was the Del Mar Fairgrounds. And I said to Greg, oh, I want to go. I absolutely love the beach. and I love that area. So we went and I really, really sucked when I drove the car around (laughs) the first lap and hit cones. And then it turned into a really big challenge. I said, okay, challenge accepted. I'm going to try and hit less cones (laughs) the next time around. And by the time I was done, I made the leaderboard and I was bit by the bug. Jane, were you afraid? Did you have any reservations before that first time you went around the track? I think the only thing that maybe I was fearful of was embarrassing myself. But I think I probably, if anybody who knows me, knows that I'm such a goofball that I embarrass myself all the time. So maybe reality says, no, I wasn't afraid. I think maybe I was too dumb to be afraid of anything at that point. Yeah. You know, I didn't know enough. What I love about you sharing this particular story is that metaphorically you hit cones, but the point is, is that you did it. Oh yeah. It's all about the action, right? Absolutely. Just go freaking do it and hit the cones already. Right. There's going to be cones to hit. Always hit them. If you're going to hit them, really run them over. Make a Take statement. Take them out, baby. Make a statement. Yes, make a statement. You want these people to remember you. <laughs> yeah, and when you're done, you get back up and you try again. Absolutely. And you hit less cones next time. Yeah. What does Confucius say? What does he say? What is it? Fall down seven times, get up eight. There's so much truth to that. As women, I feel like we spend too much time in our head trying to figure out if we're good enough, worthy enough absolutely, to do something. And, you know, I have ADHD and it's a blessing and a curse in my life. When it comes to these types of things, starting businesses, just going out and getting out on the track, ADHD is a blessing to me because before I have a chance to talk myself out of it, I'm already down the road. <laughs> it's right. too far, right? <laughs> right. 
And I'll give you an example, Jane. In June was the first Women's Motor Fest. This was a vision of mine in 2019 when I started Femcanic Garage Podcast. I always wanted to host a women's event. And literally the night before we were at the Airbnb, it wasn't even the night before, it was the morning of, I woke up, I sat on the end of the bed and started to cry. I would have done the same thing. And my partner looked at me and she's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, I'm terrified. What if women don't show up? What if these people don't show up? And then I just look like an idiot. But you look like somebody who tried. <laughs> and and I just... I get you completely. But it was the morning of, Jane. Yeah. At that point, that ship had sailed and it didn't hit me till the morning of. Good. And that's what we need. We need more women like yourself to just go do it. Yeah. Be fearless. Be willing to accept that there's going to be some people like, oh, well, she's a woman. <laughs> I expect that because she's a woman. There's some of that. That just lights my fire a little or stokes my fire a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, for us, really, the car has no idea who's sitting in the seat. That's right. And oftentimes, uh, not all the time, but a lot of times, correct me if I'm wrong, Jane, but wait, paying attention to the weight of a car the components on the car and the weight of the car is something that I know definitely in drag racing that they pay close attention to. And yes. women, for the most part, are smaller. Now, I know you're incredibly tall. You're six <laughs> one. Yes. And I know in the driver's seat <laughs> form that you filled out, you're like, I'm not sure how I fit in the modified Corvette, but I did. No. <laughs> and I think that's a doozy for people to see. I don't know whether they're more blown away by the way that there is a woman that can wheel this little car like I do or how I get out of the car or back <laughs> into the car. I, I'm not sure where their heads are at. Yeah. I, I'm like, they're like, whoa, that's a chick. You yeah. Know? And then, then they see me get out and they're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Kind of crazy. So you caught the bug. Yes. The thing that fascinates me too about your journey, Jane, is – we can go and I'll have links as well, where we can see your accolades and accomplishments throughout that motorsport journey as you're going through this journey. But one thing that is elusive to a lot of people is the sponsorship piece, right? Right. Going out and making it a, a true living. Right. And that's what you did. And I guess just to be a little more specific about it's one thing to go out on the weekends mm -hmm. and for your husband to build a car because that's what he does, right? Right. But you made it a career. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, hey, there's this driving side and then there's a business side. Can you talk a little bit about your business chops on that side of the fence? Absolutely. Well, what really started for us, obviously, is a hobby. And I want to be super clear about this. We couldn't retire from our day jobs based on the sponsorships, but we could effectively keep racing and keep our cars in racing condition. I think that's super important. And, and let me tell you, it makes a huge difference because there's this ongoing joke of how to become a millionaire in racing, start with 2 million. I mean, the reality is, is tires are expensive, brakes are expensive, keeping your car in working order, in performance order is a little different than hopping in your daily driver and maybe going to Jiffy Lube and then going to Costco to fill up. 
It's just a little bit different, guys. And I do liken it to the fact that I am a six foot one blonde, formerly in fitness, driving a really, really spectacular vehicle. So there's some marketability there, gang. And I worked to not monopolize on that, but actually used it to my advantage to making sure that I had race entries, a product, paychecks. Yes, they were great. And to be canon is one of the sponsors that I've had that has been with me probably since the second year I was racing. And in fact, we still do things with KNN. We have Garage Heroes Performance Unlimited social media campaign and television campaign out right now with Greg and I and our 65 Corvette. So there have been opportunities, but you do have to look at it as a professional. It's easier because I'm older. And this is something that's super, super important to recognize. You don't have to be a 20, 25 something to be successful in motorsports. Guys, I'm going to be 58 August 1st. You look great, by the way. Keep doing what you're doing, girl. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, It's all that adrenaline. (laughs) (laughs) And it keeps you young. (laughs) And and the faster I go, I'm staying ahead of it, (laughs) right? (laughs) But- But the reality is, is that I treat the individuals that I work with, with respect and understand and know that they know more than I do, that I want to be a great brand ambassador for them. And Canon turned into additionally a motorsports lifestyle journalist gig for me. So I had no real writing skills prior to working with Canon, but had such a creative streak and such a love and such a passion for understanding and interviewing people and getting to know how did they get to be such a badass and what they're doing? How did that like you with that journey? So that was another way to ultimately create more of a career for myself. And you do have to understand what these national brands want, and they want somebody who is a first-class representative of their brand, who is authentic. You know, I don't drink. Every once in a while I do, that's fine. But that's something that not everybody is aware of when they get a sponsorship. How are you going to behave when you're with those sponsors? And are you putting yourself in the position that says, hey, somebody who purchases KNN might see you you know, or somebody who purchases McLeod clutches, they might see you act accordingly. So I take that very seriously. And I think that that has really helped throughout my career to maintain my sponsorships and maintain my relationships. That's just a really big deal for me. Really, really big deal. I hope that answered that question. No, it did. And part of it, that makes a lot of sense. It's almost like you're on stage. You know what I mean? And it's about being intelligent. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. About what you do, how you do it. And, you know, when I say these things, some people are like, ooh, I wouldn't want that. And, And maybe it's not for you. But what I find is that if you are a woman of integrity and class, it's not a big deal. Correct. Do you know what I mean? 
Like Absolutely. My drink of choice is Woodford and ginger beer. But when I'm out, I'll have like one at most two cocktails. Mm-hmm. I just won't. One, I don't enjoy it. I think there gets a point in your life where it's like, I don't want to feel like crap, but I'm okay having one. No, it's always that next day, right? Yeah. And it's like, eh, I'm not really into that. I mean, you're out, you'll have like one or whatever. But what I find is it becomes real easy to be a face, if you will, when it's those two things. Yeah. It's self-respect, integrity, and class. Yes. And currently, just to kind of sidebar, I've got some things that I'm working on that you know about, and there is nothing more rewarding than reaching out to one of your sponsors and sending them, you know, your elevator pitch or whatever today's latest and greatest big magic idea that I have in my head. And I put it down on paper and I send it to somebody and they say, I'm really a Jane fan. I will make sure that this paper gets into their hands of the right people and you will hear from us. To me, I must be doing something right. Yeah. I don't know. And I feel so blessed and feel so like pinch me because I don't expect it, Mm -hmm. but I want to manifest it. Yes. And more than anything, it's so that I can give the feeling that I have in me to other people. Yes. To make it become their reality as well. Because dude, there is enough of this good ish to go around. There is. And there is, there is a mad supply of it folks. And just cause I have it doesn't mean you're not going to get it. You're going to get it in spades. Yes. That is preach sister. Preach. That's what I'm talking about. Let me step off my box. I'm going to step off my box now. That <laughs> is truth right there. Yeah. So selfishly, I have a question for you. Yes, ma'am. If you're talking to other female entrepreneurs. Yes. So you talk about, you reach out to these companies. Yes. Do you send them emails? Do you make phone calls? How do you get to the right person? Well, <laughs> I have very crafty skills. Um, step by step. So here, I'm going to share this one instance with you. Okay. So, you know, I have the podcast, right? Name drop it. And we're going to be promoting it too. Okay. I didn't know if I was allowed. Listen, my podcast is Riding Shotgun TV, the podcast. That started from a blog of TV, which that website is still up. And I try to update whenever I can. But it was born of the idea that people wanted to ride passenger with me. And I thought, man, some of the best freaking conversations I have had with people have been when they're sitting in my passenger seat because you're sitting at the line and you're waiting and they're like, oh my God, they're telling you every, it's better than a hairdresser seat. It's better than a bar stool at a bar. I am telling you guys, it is the best place I've ever heard any stories. And people are so excited because, oh my God, they're nervous. Like you can't even imagine. And their adrenaline is pumping and they're just like telling me all their fantastic, exciting secrets and what they want to do and who they want to be. And then we go to our run and they're just ah, over the moon. So it is, it is the best therapy. I think these people who've ridden with me anyway, that's how we came up with riding shotgun TV. Anyhow, then I had a trainer who nicknamed me fast lane Jane and I rolled with it. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make that my Instagram handle. And Instagram is really crazy because in the last couple months, 
they started feeding me this fast lane racing, fast lane racing, check out fast lane racing. And I sent them a text or a direct message and said, this is really kind of funny. I'm fast lane Jane. And apparently we're (laughs) supposed to know each other. So as simple as that, you have to be able to throw it out there and see what sticks. And I'm happy to say that they responded, but then they said, okay, email us at blah, 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 because I want to, I want to do the podcast with them. And I didn't hear back. And then lo and behold, it shows up in my feed again. And then what do I do? I send another thing. And the head of business development calls me and says, we absolutely want to work with you. So you have to be willing to take the hard gut punch if they say no at first, Yes, because it's not always no. It's no for right then or no for right now. It's maybe down the road. And I think I like to stalk people on LinkedIn. (laughs) Guys, I'm giving you my secrets here. Stalk them on Instagram. (laughs) Find out who they are. And I don't mean stalk them. I mean, do your research. Find out who's in charge of whatever department that you know and cold call them. Don't be afraid to cold call because the answer is always no if you don't ask. That's right. Period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So you've got a 50-50 chance of the answer being yes, don't you, if you ask. If you don't ask, it's 100% no all the time, every day, for eternity. So that's what I do. I ask people. Now those are knowledge bombs right there, folks. I don't know about that. Jamie, you're giving me too much credit. Seriously, I think we tend to get inside of our own heads and we overcomplicate it. Yes. And the biggest thing is, this is a numbers game, folks. What you said is so spot on. It may be no right now. For three years, I pursued interviewing Bogey, Latiner. I know. But she's just busy. Right. Now, if I put my tail in between my legs and I took it personally, I never would have interviewed her. Right. But it's just about consistency and stay at it. It's the pursuit. Look at it as a game. That's the ask. And I'll tell you something because it just kind of light bulb moment for me while we're sitting here talking about this. Mm -hmm. I told you I was in real estate. I told you I was in sales. And you know what? Every yes comes at 300 no's in real estate. Wow. So maybe that has something to do with my ability to cold call. But even in fitness, when I launched my career as a personal trainer, people didn't give me clients. I had to seek them. And with both of those careers or all three of these careers, I'm selling an idea. That's right. Right. I'm selling an idea that I'm going to teach you how to be fit and you're going to attain the goals that you set out to. I'm selling myself as the person who can make that happen for you. In real estate, I'm selling the idea that I can market your property effectively enough to yield you the dollar amount that you need to move on or to do whatever you need. So once again, I'm selling myself. Mm -hmm. You see the pattern here, right? Yeah. So at this point, I got this really hot, sexy little car. I have a, a really good CV. It's a little easier this go around to ask people to participate and hop on the Jane train, Uh, which is crazy to me. Just wild and I just love it. 
I think this is a good time to launch into the red line round. What it is, five rapid fire questions, no right or wrong answer to it. Whatever pops into your head is the right answer. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. Here we go. Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? Karen Salvaggio. Tell me more. I met her at my first SEMA after I started racing, and she was the first person that said to me, hey, tell me about your career. I kind of laughed. I'm like, Karen, this isn't a career. She says, this is your career. And she said, this is how you need to start thinking about it. For those of you who don't know who Karen Salvaggio is, you need to do a little homework because she's pretty badass. She's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. I had a chance to meet her at a Women in Automotive conference. She is everything that you say she is. Yes. For sure. And more. And you're not embellishing at all. Mm -mm. She's the real deal. Yes, she is. Where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck? You feel stuck. I have to go to YouTube (laughs) for a lot of things. Okay. Here's the funny thing. My lawnmower wasn't working. I have a Honda lawnmower. This shouldn't surprise you. Got it for Mother's Day, probably 25 years ago. I didn't know how to rebuild the little freaking thing, (laughs) but I did. (laughs) I rebuilt it. (laughs) Me and YouTube. Yes. So you can do anything with a little bit of resourcefulness, a little bit of YouTube. You know, the key is, I think, to Jamie is just be willing to get your hands dirty and be willing to learn. Figuratively and literally. And sit through the video. Yeah. Pay attention to the video. Sit through the whole video. Yeah. Yeah doesn't work unless you do. What excites you most about what you do, Jane? Getting to talk to people like you. Getting to meet other women in our industry who are on the precipice of their own badassery. I just got goosebumps. (laughs) Cool. Other women who don't know what's available to them Mm. and exposing them to that. That's exciting. Isn't it the most powerful thing when you see their light bulb go off and you have, you're blessed enough and honored enough to be there to witness it? Yes. It's like a drug. It is. I'm telling you guys, you know, there's a couple of books that I've read that have just been so impactful for me, but I'm not sure if it's because I'm paying attention to how I talk to myself in my head and how I understand I'm worthy That didn't happen until I was over 50, folks. So that's a little horrifying, but it's also, I'm so grateful for it. But yeah, those light bulb moments Mm. for yourself is pretty outstanding too. I think this next one leads into kind of what you're alluding to here. What's a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in the industry when you feel stuck or unsupported or discouraged, a personal habit. Gratitude, gratitude, being grateful for wherever the hell I am in that moment and understanding kind of like the, it's a no for now. It's not a no forever, but understanding that being aware that it's not happening to me, it's happening for me. And I know you guys have probably, if you've done any type of internal work, spiritual work, otherwise you've probably heard that comment. Things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I have the chills just thinking about it, every fiber of my being. And I'm grateful for all of it. It's not all rainbows and butterflies, but to some degree, it's gratitude is big thing, big, big thing for me. Mm, I love that. And sharing it with someone else and starting off 
again, going back to how you talk to yourself, you talk to yourself the same way you want to talk to other people. And if you want to be an ass, we'll talk to yourself like you're an ass. I don't know. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. And what's crazy is we often talk to other people with so much empathy, love, and understanding. If only we would do talk to ourselves the same way. And that's the key. Just like brushing your teeth, though, it's a habit. Yes. And it doesn't cost you anything. And I promise you, if you do it, let's just make this money back guarantee for the listeners. Do this. It's free. We'll give you your money back, right? Yep. I think it's brilliant. I guess finally, what's your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in this industry? Get a month's supply of yellow legal tablets. <laughs> Write your ideas down. Write them down, write them down every day, use them up. I've spent more time writing down different ideas and different notebooks that I probably could fill a pretty good sized box and revisit them, revisit the ideas because it might inspire your next idea and constantly like listen and learn and create a circle of people who are valuable that you trust that you can bounce ideas off. But the really, really good idea, and I'm going to lean in really close, keep that one for yourself and kind of swell the energy, right? And let it build. And it's okay to hang on to it. And then when it's time, explode, explode out onto the, the world stage and and just run. Mm, yeah. Sheer brilliance, my friend. Where and how can people connect with you? Oh my goodness. Jamie, thank you so much for being you. Let's just go with that because you too are a pioneer woman blazing a trail for all of, oh my God, what a great name. If we make it a blazement, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. Um, you can edit that out if you want to. <laughs> But people can follow me on Instagram, fastlanejane underscore. I don't do much Facebook, guys, but I am on Facebook as fastlanejane. You can follow our YouTube channel at Riding Shotgun TV. And you can also check out our website at ridingshotgun.tv. And you can send me a direct message, you know, if you want to get a hold of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I just want to thank you so much for being in the driver's seat today and being willing to share your journey and some amazing knowledge bombs from a business side, because I know you have crazy business chops. And thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. I super, super enjoyed this, Jamie. And I'm going to have to have you on our podcast. I would be honored. I'm Jane Thurmond, also known as Fastlane Jane, and I'm a Femcanic. Aaron Vogel is in the driver's seat next. Aaron is a professional race car driver and performance driving instructor. She started going to the track with her family at the age of 25, and by age 30, Aaron and her dad decided to make a little race team and go racing. In 2017, she got her first podium, and since then, she was unstoppable. She was the first female driver to win a race in the Pro-Am category globally in the SRO competition. Erin is passionate about being a role model, mentor, 
and leader in the effort to get more women in the motorsports career. Be sure to check out next week's episode as this fearless woman shares her thrilling and inspiring journey with us. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website at femcanic.com for swag and the links to the resources shared during this episode. If you want to help grow this community, subscribe, rate, and review. And most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?